the frying pan. And into the fire. Run. Run! Welcome to episode 15 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-Earth strategy battle game podcast. Guided by the lonely star, beyond the utmost harbour bar, I'll find the heavens fair and free, and beaches of the starlit sea. Ship, my ship, I seek the west, and fields and mountains ever blessed. Farewell to Middle-Earth at last, I see the star above my mast. Rest in peace, Ian Holm. How's it going, guys? Yeah, really good, thanks. It's yeah, Silence. definitely driven not to say anything uh, inappropriate after that. How do you follow that without sounding crass? Well, I was trying to... Say, yeah, I wanted to put something... Rather than doing the normal silly jokey thing, I wanted to put something nice, and that's... Um, I've lost, lost where it's from now. It's not actually from uh, Lord of the Rings. It, it is from... It's called Bilbo's Song. Uh, I think it was published in the 70s. So it's a sort of separate, a separate, um, a separate release. I don't know. It's a du- it was first published in a Dutch translation in 1973. There we go. So separate poem by Tolkien. But anyway, um, yes, um, we've. Uh, we, I suppose that's been the, the sad news since we last recorded that uh, the sad passing of Ian Holm, who, for those who don't know, um, played Bilbo Baggins in the first trilogy and in the second trilogy playing the older Bilbo um, he's obviously been in l- countless other things as well including Alien and um, go on name some more I've forgotten them all now in the last From Hell From Hell yes um, yeah um, that's probably one of the other biggies obviously uh, I'll always know him as Ash yes more than Bilbo because you know Bilbo wasn't a thing with Ian Home for me until I was 17, whereas unfortunately I was alien before I probably should have done according to the certificate, so I always <laughs> knew him as Ash. Um, but yeah, it's very sad. Um, but there's been some really beautiful things that have come off the back of it, you know, um, the uh, little sort of uh, video that uh, was done for Battle Streams in Middle Earth was very touching, even the second time. So uh, absolutely. it was good. Yeah, it's been lots of the, the community reaction to it. It's been, I suppose, expected, but it's been it's been lovely all the same. Um, he's been unwell for quite a while. Um, sort of, if you follow some of the, I think he's prop, cropped up in my news feed quite a lot because of all the talk around the Amazon Prime series, and um, and then you had the the meeting of all of the actors again through that sort of yeah, YouTube video um, a, a couple of weeks ago, and they talked about his yeah, absence George. there. Yeah, he did a little. Um... He sort of sent in a message for that. Yeah. It was very sweet. Um, obviously, in light of, you know, made it all the more poignant, I suppose, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, he's been... absolutely. But he's been very poorly for quite a while, hasn't he? And I've seen some pictures, you know, I'd seen pictures of him previously in the last, over the last couple of years, and he, he, was, he was quite frail. So I suppose in, in that way, it's um, um, not so much of a surprise, however, however sad it, sad it was. Um, but... Um, uh, these things unfortunately come along don't they and as you get um, we, we're getting older we're not kids anymore it's quite funny that when you're a, you're a kid and you watch films you don't really think about it you don't even really care who the actors are but as you get older and you actually take more interest in the people behind the films whether they be behind the camera or, or in front of the camera 
um, that when they do get older and then they pass on that uh, you, you know with people that don't know them but only know them through the work do pause and reflect um, on the the enjoyment that they they brought us through through their through their artistry I suppose. Yeah, I mean his voice is very recognizable. He did a lot of um, uh, animation work, and he—I've um, always been a big fan of Orwell's book *Animal Farm*. Uh-huh. And he voiced one of my favorite characters in an adaptation that was done at the end of the '90s. He did Squealer, uh, and I always thought that was amazing. And he did um, Skinner in *Ratatouille* as well. And I, I love that character. He's an evil little sod, but I really like that character, and the the way he voices him is fantastic. I. So, I can't believe I didn't know that. But then again, it was only a couple of months ago that I text you saying that, oh, Bilbo's in Alien, after never seeing it before. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were more interested in why you hadn't seen it before. That's very, very strange, Sam. I suppose there's no, there wasn't a Disney version or a Pixar version of it. So, <laughs> Well, she's only just recently become a, a Disney princess, hasn't she? So that's the only reason I've now started watching. <laughs> of course, we've missed out on his other one. He was... Uh... Vito Cornelius in uh, Fifth Element. Yes, yeah. He's, uh, th- um, there's more like that as well. Um, I'm, f- I'm sure he's done more things like that that I like. Yeah, he's got a, such a breadth of a career. You, you sort of don't realise how many things he's actually been in. I mean, the, and he's he's, wasn't he in The Borrowers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> from our yeah, the BBC um, adaptation, yes. Uh, it was. That's probably the first time I um, would have seen him and... and, and, and you know, noticed him on the screen because I imagine that a lot of the things he'd been in before would have been um, not suitable for my my age at that point. But um, oh well. well, he played uh, Napoleon in Time Bandits as well, which I really enjoyed. I, I always film. found that hilarious. It's a good film, absolutely. I, it's again, it's one of those I might have a have a little look later and then see his uh, wiki page and, and and be reminded of lots of other things that I've been, enjoyed him in. But yeah, he was definitely very very good, Bilbo. Um, but Martin Friedman was actually excellent as, as young Bilbo really really good performance and probably not um, not noted on as much because the films weren't so well received critically but um, a very 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 strong performance but his Bilbo older Bilbo was was just perfect um, and he didn't have much screen time but um, it doesn't it was, feel like he didn't have much screen time if that makes no, sense. The way he was able to inject, or sort of inject rather a really believable relationship with Gandalf yeah, it, it, the way they interacted with each other actually did look like they'd known each other for what fifty years. Yes, and I thought that was fantastic, and it's a sign of obviously two stellar acting talents. I mean, between the two of them, you know, Ian McKellen, it's it's not beyond them, obviously, but uh, how they managed to inject that into what's very little screen time, I always thought was amazing. Absolutely, and I think um, it, it it's it's never jarred the different actors playing in the different ages. It doesn't seem to. It seems to work with them being both things. You just accept him. Maybe it's because it was done that way round first. I don't know, but it just seems, it just falls naturally for me, and it seems to be totally accepting. But but sad news. Um, least least it was. I mean, it was a, it was obviously not something very nice that he an illness that he had. But um, he also was an older man, so less less he had a good career and um, did some amazing things. So lots of lots of nice memories as well. But anyway, let's. Um, 
I think a lot of a lot of this has been covered by most of the other sort of um, Middle Earth media recently, so I don't want to overdo it. But um, let's tell you what's got what we've got coming up on the show. So we've got many meetings, and 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 the eagle-eared of you all have heard that Sam's with us today, so we can have a real good catch up with Sam and have a bit of a chat about what he's been up to. Um, um, but um, that's all sort of standard stuff. And then for our main chat today in the Council of Elrond. Um, we're welcoming Ben Taylor, and um, and Ben's been playing some games and painting models for his son. So we're gonna have a little bit of a, a different discussion about sort of getting your kids involved, and I appreciate that that might not um, um, be, I don't know, might might not be relevant to, to a lot of people. I suspect I suspect there's more people listening to this that aren't parents than there are <laughs> those that are parents. But hopefully it's still fairly interesting, um, and we all discuss stuff that can be used with maybe just getting other halves involved or or, or just getting new players involved. People haven't been used to playing more games before. Um, and then we've got heroic deathmatch coming up later on. Um, who did we decide, Dan? As we're recording this, oh, I remember now. So can you remember who? we've got coming up for, for deathmatch later in the show we well do we, do we want to say it now or do we want to make people mm, carry, carry i think on? did we announce it last time let's leave, let's save it well right. you you can come back in later you have to hold on later in the show to find out who we got for heroic it death is match. An, an epic epic matchup and in true out of the frying pan style it's uh narrative <laughs> overbalanced I, I think we sort of announced it last time because i think we discussed on air how we might balance it but for, for those of you that haven't listened to the last show you can you can you can guess away but let's go for a break and when we come back we'll have many meetings Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK. Market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. We're back, and we're back with many meetings. So it's been a while, it feels, since we've had a proper catch-up with Sam. I know that uh, we I chat to Sam. We all chat each other all, all day, every day on Messenger, but we don't always talk over the internet, so to speak. So, Sam, how have you been, mate? No, Yeah, I've, I've, I've been, like everyone, embracing this insane thing that I think we all thought was only going to last a month. <laughs> and you we're mean now the heat? On. <laughs> yeah, that, well, I think that surprised everyone just as much that uh, we seem to have decent weather here. But it's it's verging on that point where I think people have complained more about the uh, heat than they complain about not having the heat. Now we're at that. <laughs> um, but fans are on. Bottles of water have been put in the freezer to put in front of fans for redneck air conditioning. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm. I'm I'm very well. I, I'm enjoying lockdowns. A very different thing, but yeah, I unfortunately cannot get into my loft for probably sanity reasons because it's like a hot box up there, uh, which is where my painting desk and everything is. So um, I haven't done any hobby, uh, but I have been talking to the boys. And we've discussed X and Y and Z, this and that, and obviously the sadness. 
Bilbo's passing onto the Grey Haven. But uh, yeah, uh, I am very good. I think that's the twentieth time I've said I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, been, I'm, you've been I'm busy though, haven't you? You've been you've been launching YouTube channels and things. You've been uh, yeah. I feel like every time I come on the podcast. I'm here for like the beginning segment. I feel like one of those failed actors who's putting his <laughs> he's doing that sort of thing of he's trying so many different things to try and become famous. And I promise you that's not what it is. It's just a case of that I start projects and they either don't work out or the person I'm doing the projects with doesn't want to necessarily do it anymore. <laughs> but yeah. We'll have to start um, calling you toast. It'd be like can you do a impression of <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know much of Toast, but I know that he does the thing in. Is the, obviously the same guy who does the father. Yes, in um, ID Crowd. But yes, yes, I get it, and that's a fantastic reference. It's a, Would it's that a good make show. you Clem Fandango's too? Probably yes. <laughs> Sam, it's a Stu Fandango. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that's probably the easiest way to just. Dis- describe how it's been going but yeah i've i've basically started a cooking youtube channel because i got a little bit glum i think is the easiest way to during lockdown i was sad i couldn't paint i didn't have the energy to do x y and z i decided that what i could do is is cook and film it and share it out with the world because it it brought me joy so very important so yeah and and you boys jumped on it and have helped out with uh sort of posting in the groups and stuff so yeah that's been fun uh, and we've been talking about the possibility of middle earth based food going on there soon do has uh i've been i've been nagging <laughs> you a little bit. Forth... <laughs> i wouldn't say nagging nagging's nagging's not fair uh it uh there's it's working out when to do stuff because I've, I've currently got two videos that are sat unedited that i just haven't got around to doing but doing normal work as well yeah, but yeah, we've definitely talked about lem- lembus bread. Dan came up with this fantastic idea of uh, like a pub burger in Hobbiton uh, just before we started recording, where we ended up going <laughs> on a tangent. Uh, tying it in with the podcast, yeah, we're definitely going to have a look at doing some Middle Earth based recipes. That maybe when you start gaming, you can make those recipes for your friends when they come over to play, and you can either give them the lembus lembus bread, lembus bread. Uh, or you can hit them over the head with it. So, <laughs> well, I, I made yeah. some lemon bread this week after sending you a recipe. As we we discussed before we started recording, that it, the recipe I found was essentially a shortbread biscuit, I think. But it was, mm. it was something to make with with Jacob a bit of baking after school on Wednesdays. He only does a half day, so we did a bit of baking in the afternoon, and he was very excited to to make lemon bread. Um, so much so that he had to make some leaves for it as well. So he got some green crepe paper and, and drew drew leaves on on them, and then wrapped up these uh, these essentially square shortbread biscuits. Um, but they're quite nice. It's, uh, you make it with a bit of honey in them as well, and they were very good. So um, yeah, make some shortbread. It's all good. But um, you you've managed to kind of not pimp your your cooking thing at all, Sam. You didn't even mention the name of it or or anything there. So. <laughs> I'm going to whack the ball Stu back in the court here. I, 
<laughs> I'm terrible at promoting my own things because I instantly go, oh, but maybe it's not for the right. Like Stu has given me full permission and Tom, who he does his other podcast with, have given me full permission that despite the fact that it's nothing to do with gaming, they're like, yeah, post it in the Gino group and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, it has absolutely nothing to do with anything to do with gaming. And then I just panic and my uh, <laughs> paranoia it goes to 11 and I, I go I absolutely cannot post it there because people will rip me apart not because they don't like it but because it's not gaming and then I sort of <laughs> so, thank you Stu um, it's called Salivate with Mates um, I feel like every time I'm on here I'm just doing it now um, it's called Salivate with Mates and it's basically me cooking things and the idea was that it was something fun to start in lockdown uh, that would hopefully because everybody can relate to food on some sort of we actually talk about food quite a bit in our chat anyway this even started it's it was something that i thought everyone can get involved with yeah if, if you want to jump on it there's a facebook group called salivate of mix where we want to post pictures of food or our food related questions and occasionally i'll get off my ass and edit video to uh, put it in the group as well you post up the recipes beforehand, don't you, and and say what you're going to cook, so people can watch the YouTube video and then and have a go at home. Yeah, there's no. I'd like to think that the the thumbnails aren't clickbait either. Uh, it's not like I I tried making lembas bread and <laughs> I, I was never satisfied ever again or something. Like that. <laughs> That's not the lembas yeah. bread. Um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that even the thumbnails are literally just the recipe, so it's not even a picture, which is great for anyone. But um, yeah, I had all my old YouTube lighting left when I used to film backports for Horrors Heresy, and I was like, these are going to wait. So uh, <laughs> I put those in the kitchen. As you can imagine, uh, at the moment, I said to Dan and Stu today, I'm I was gonna film a video today, but the thought of having those spotlights on whilst cooking was not <laughs> not on my agenda. No, not on the hottest day of the year. So for people that are outside the UK, it's sort of got up to. I don't know where it was near you. It was about 33 here today. So, and um, I imagine it's probably similar for you guys. And not like every part of the UK is rich. Some, well, I imagine London's probably been about 35 if it's been 35 here, 33 here. But quite, quite. Hot. I think we were 30, 31, but we obviously have a, a sea breeze here. Yes, down. I would. I miss that. I would like the sea breeze. That would be cool. It's not been. It's been pretty much non-existent. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Well. It, Cooking's the, cooking's the thing at the moment. I'm banging on about this because we, obviously we had Steve on in the last show. I don't know if you've heard heard that one yet, Sam. But so Steve Crows was going to talk about his own cooking thing. I think we just forgot at the end. He was going to shout it out, and I don't think he did. But have you, have you seen his as well, Sam? So Steve, no, Steve Crow I'm... of Top Table Gaming and GBHL has got his own. It's quite funny. He started after you, but. Um, He's um, started his own kind of spin-off cooking thing. I think it's called I Can, You Can Cook. Um, and he's yeah, he's just cooking and doing videos and putting it up as well. as So it seems to be the thing that if you're on a, a podcast or, or YouTube channel for Middle Earth, then you have to do a secondary cooking show at some point. Um, you know, I'm probably going to have to, to say no to this one. So that'll be Dan because I'm, <laughs> I'm too busy. Dan's going to have to do it. Um, I think that'll be, I think Dan might be better at doing it than me as well. <laughs> I don't know if this helps and I'm not sure if I found the right thing, but when I clicked, I can, you can Google, it comes up with a CBBS program. So 
I know as 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 a, as a parent of a five year old, I know I know that the, uh, the television show you're referring to. No, that's not not the one. You'll have to find it on um, in Facebook as well. You'll find yeah, his group uh, and stuff in there. But he's got one as well. So uh, there's there's a lot of it going on at the moment. It's it's the trendy thing. Yeah, it's it's the in thing. I'll, I'll soon go back to like unboxing videos and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, that's, that's what, what are you going to unbox today? Um, some lard. Uh, <laughs> you, some lard. If you'd pimped your channel when you first did it as well, um, you would have you would have been the first um, SBG to do it as well. But it seems to be now they look like you're copying Steve. So uh, okay. I told you, so. Steve, Steve can have the glory from that one. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna steal that from him. <laughs> um, he also. D- technically uh did more shire stuff than i did <laughs> so so he's okay <laughs> it's true well, you've done you've paid loads so uh, what i am going to nag you to do though whether it's part of your channel or not i'm i'm trying to set you the task of looking up some tolkien based recipes and you found a website haven't you with like loads and loads and loads and loads, and loads on there, a really old website and it's you one of those my mind yeah well it's, it's one of those it's one of those um, fandoms, isn't it, that that people experience in many different ways, and some people go and make recipes or dress up and do all kinds of things. But there's a lot of recipes out there that are themed, or maybe people trying to recreate stuff that they've heard mentioned. It's, it happens in other fandoms too. I remember, so I've mentioned it before. I'm a big fan of Dragonlance, um, or was a big fan of Dragonlance. I don't have much to do with it anymore. And there was an old um, Dun- Dungeons and Dragons source book which was called Leaves from the Inn of the Last Home. Um, and there's a lot of loads of stories and things in there, and there are quite a few recipes in there as well. So it's obviously something that's it's not new to our kind of nerddom. But um, but there are looks what it looks like, lots of good recipes that are genuinely edible. So maybe we can get you um, get you doing something. that's um, If you want to make it part of your YouTube channel, great. I understand that. That might not be your target market. Um <coughs> You might want to do something Just separate. I've got twenty subscribers. I, th- I think target market doesn't really come into it. <laughs> well, hopefully, after listening to this, you'll have a lot more subscribers, and you will have to go and post it up yeah. in the um, I'll, links in the show um, notes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, what I'll do is once this episode goes live, I'll post in the group as well. Mm, please, do. Uh, please, the please do. website that's, that's got all of the recipes on it because there's some really interesting sounding ones on, there, such as. Tea. This is the kind of thing I should get Dan to do because the garlic in the tea. Is that the one with the garlic in it? Sorry, is that the one with the garlic in the tea? I'm sure there's it's garlic the, in this tea. Very first one. I'm sure that, I, I remember looking at the so tea juice. and thinking there was garlic in it. That there is. So juice two lemons, <laughs> uh, three, three to four half an inch coins of fresh ginger, one clove of garlic must trust master is in brackets <laughs> I, I also must say that this website is so old school like something out of the 90s back when dial up was the thing <laughs> um, three sprigs of mint two liters of filtered water boiling unpasteurized honey and echechi the cucaracha liquid uh, <laughs> is on there as well apparently but yeah um, all the recipes are on there and Hundreds, uh, including a fruit cake of Erebor, fruit fool a la Sackville, dwarven woman's pumpkin cake, Rivendell banquet black bottom cheesecake muffins, and let's just quickly pick one more mushrooms a la Gandalf. 
There's some there's some interesting names. Oh, Frodo just, scones. <laughs> Tater's boulangerie. What? There's, there's literally oh, there's one called Tater cookies. So, I, t- I tell you what, isn't that, isn't that blinis? <laughs> isn't it what? Sorry, <laughs> isn't that blinis? Tater <laughs> biscuits. Uh, there's, there's some interesting. What's that? Daddy Two Fucks Eggplant Palm. <laughs> Get out of my head. That's literally the one I just looked at and sort of. Mm. I like that there's one called Sour on Eyes as well. <laughs> some of them are. Oh, porridge. It's definitely, they would look, some of them don't look like they were definitely named in the 70s. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um. Shire pudding. I am very upset that there's not one on here called Second Breakfast. Yeah, I think that would be a more of a modern name. Now that kind of while well, that's always been a saying, I think that's become a meme since the films, hasn't it? That would be a mm. a, a noughties or a, um, <laughs> a noughties name for it. Yes. <laughs> isn't, I'm sure, isn't there a Hobbit Hobbit's porridge four ways? <laughs> and on that note, um... <laughs> sorry, we have gone on a full blown tangent. <laughs> uh, Right. back. Everything's gone to pot. Sorry, guys. Oh, dear me. Um, okay, so as you haven't done any painting in Hobley, do you have any plans at the moment? And that's not to put pressure on you. Have you got, um, uh, when it cools down, you're going to work on this or that, or are you going to concentrate on your, your cooking for a little bit? Uh, I, I, do, I do want to get back painting, but uh, without trying to steal Dan's funder too much, the it's so hot in the loft that if I put anything on a wet palette, thing in my airbrush i don't think it would be liquid by the time it leaves the nozzle so mm. I'm, it's sort of like a, a i have got i need to finish basing all of my all of my urks and i've got all my characters for my the shire to paint up as well that are just sat upstairs but I just with the heat i just haven't had any inkling to do it but i've i can, I occasionally pop my head up in the loft, look at the models, and then realise it's too hot, and then come back down again. But, <laughs> I don't blame you to be yeah. with you. Don't blame you at all. Right? Then. Yeah, there is there is stuff on the horizon. I think it's the same thing I said last time. I think uh, and Hal Halber Halber, see butchering names again, uh, is still still on the list of things to paint. I think that's definitely my single miniature that I want to uh, get done soon. But that and uh, I've got my. With, with probably what you're going to talk about in a bit, I've got an Uruk High ballista that needs mm. sorting yep. ASAP. We've got, it's yeah. nice that you've got sort of top up things for projects that already exist rather than the kind of, oh, I've got a whole army to do kind of thing, which is good. So it means when you do get the, they don't force it either, but when you get when you get the painting bug back again, the problem is, like you've, we've talked about before, you can't play games at the moment and get, playing games is your primary kind of, thing is your number one thing out of of, of you know the, the hobby as a whole whereas me it was yeah. painting and um the lore and the overall community side and then playing playing would probably comes as a third thing i think i can that, that i enjoy playing but i prefer you know, i really enjoy the, the the other parts of it as well whereas gaming is a huge part for you so it's difficult especially when you're sitting there on your, your painted army really so well, you get the, mm. you'll get the bug and then you'll be like oh i want to go and play up those those hobbit characters it might be that you play again another mm. game with the shire and you really want to use them and that or you you've got a game coming up and then you get to get to all right i want to paint them so i can use them and, that, and then then suddenly you'll have the motivation and it makes a big difference then um mm. 
and when we know we can play with Helm's Deep, and we'll talk about that a bit more later. But then you'll you'll want to get that uh, you'll want to get your, your other bits for that done as well, I suppose. Yeah. Right then. So Dan, how's your hobby been for the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, uh, as has already been alluded to, it's it is quite hot, and I am very much someone who's more comfortable in the uh, the cool. Yeah. Um, I do not respond entirely well to heat, which heat's fine on holiday, but trying to live through it on a daily basis not much fun. And I do appreciate there's people who live in certain parts of the world, um, like particularly Australia, who you know can get up to fifty degrees in their summer. Um, it, they they must be laughing at us quite quite heartily at this point, <laughs> and I don't really blame them. Um, one of the chaps that I uh, sometimes speak to and follow on. Uh, Instagram, uh, Jordan, he lives over in Australia and he was pointing a lot of this out. But I did point out to him that we do live in a country that is often wetter than an otter's pocket and often quite <laughs> miserable and cold. So our buildings are not built for the uh, the uh, heat and uh, generally uh, personal, um, private uh, air conditioning is not a thing. So when, you, when you're down to, uh, as Sam puts it, your, your redneck air conditioning, putting uh, ice in front of fans, it's uh, a bit difficult sometimes to deal and I, I don't deal with it very well at all so long story short um i haven't done much painting uh, last couple of days because aside from the concentration issues of paint just dries out so blooming quickly um and i've been caning my paint supplies during covid lockdown whatever period um so i can't waste what i've got left allowing it to dry out on the palette so i have my uh, my nine now um which I've put together. My uh, Nazgul of Dolgordur, they have arrived because Forge World reopened last week or the week before, whichever one. Last week, I can't remember. Either way, I have them now and they're beautiful and I'm very much dripping them together, although they are very fiddly. Um, but now I can't paint them. Super me not. So that's a bit of a, a, bit of a kick in the, uh, the nethers, unfortunately. But um, aside from that, I've been painting things not necessarily for Middle Earth again. Have to admit, I am quite hyped up for Ninth Edition 40k. Um, so I've been working. I nearly painted a thousand points worth of Sister Battle for anyone who's conversant with 40k. Um, that has taken up a lot of my time, but in general, I was waiting for the Nazgul to arrive anyway. So it's not like I had anything else really to do. But um, have been doing some gaming even um, since we were able to game in the garden for the last couple of weeks in the UK while maintaining social distance and making certain precautions like you know uh, only using your own dice, using your own dice trays, not touching anything that other people have been touching. Have been able to get some games in, not necessarily Middle Earth. Um, I was hoping to get one in this week, but that didn't uh, come to pass. That's been really good. Being able to game, being able to spend some time with people more recently, see the see the boys. Um, previously we were only really doing that uh, via uh, Facebook Messenger, just yeah. doing like uh, hobby hangouts, uh, video chats, which has been really nice, don't get me wrong, and it's certainly a, a bit of a, a mental lifeline during the period, but being able to actually, you know, see each other and, you know, flip each other the bird and thoroughly make each other <laughs> miserable with uh, brutal jokes, but in person so you can see the grins is, is always a nice thing. Um, doing that normal thing you do when you've known people for a long time. You show you care by being as horrible to each other <laughs> as possible, which has been really good. And naturally, uh, Ben has given me far more than he's got, but that's just his way. Um, so that's been really good. 
did lots of reading. Um, but again, not much in the way of Middle Earth because kind of I've done all of that recently. I was listening to the um, audiobooks again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, not the BBC ones. Uh, the name escapes me at the moment for the uh, the remakes, which we've touted many times on the cast before. But I've uh, recently finished off the Two Towers again, uh, and obviously I did the Fellowship before that. Um, and I'll get round to doing uh, Return of the King in the coming weeks. So it's, it's been a bit of hobby going on, but uh, between other game systems and the weather, it's not really been that much Middle Earth. But I'm really looking forward to getting more into it. Things are slowly starting to change uh, within the UK. We're starting to see slight relaxation of some of the rules. It's looking slightly more hopeful for Flossman Jetson later in the year. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we won't talk about Fingers that. Crossed. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It seems we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in a moment. Um, but it's well, yeah, head scratching a bit. Yeah, anyway. head scratching. But yeah, carry on. No, no, it's, it's, it's good things. But just, you know, as much as some of them might be slightly misguided, people have their own opinions on uh, how things are being handled from a government perspective. I'm not going to remotely comment on that. It's not worth it. Um, but it, there's been little bits and pieces, little tiny slivers of what was previously a normal life uh, being returned to us yeah and that's definitely. really nice it's good for you mentally and it's um it's encouraged me with my hobby and it's encouraged me just in general um just gotta get back to work now that'll be quite nice because uh, as much as i've enjoyed having three months now painting miniatures to pass my days i do want to feel useful again so i'm looking forward to actually getting back to work i'm sure i'll two days in i'm going to be regretting saying that but still <laughs> would like to get back to work unfortunately yes anyway I, I how about yourself Stu? Um, pretty good really pretty good um, I I have to paint in the heat because it was my work I did take the morning off today um, but I did do a bit of painting luckily I was only working on one colour and I just sort of put very little paint on the palette and um, kept the wet palette very wet and it wasn't too too bad but yeah it's not the kind of it's not a time I sort of enjoy painting, um, but um, we were. You said you were saying, Dan. Actually, I didn't really comment on it. You were saying you didn't really sort of almost act like you hadn't done much. But we're recording this probably only a week or so after the last show came out. It's not going to go out for another week because we have another part of the show to record. But it's it's not been that long since you you last did any hobby really to do with Middle Earth and um, you know that's you, true you, you, and the weather is supposed to be miserable next week it will so and it, it gets wet by the weekend got. I think doesn't it so um, so you will you will have time to you, you know obviously you built the nine anyway they've arrived you built them so you've you've done some more again more than a lot of people get to do in in, in a couple of weeks or so 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 um, yeah so since we last recorded I've finished Helm's Deep um, I was starting to paint it I think last time I mentioned but uh, hadn't done too much on it um, and as I predicted once I got going on it, it was fairly very quick to do um, I used some rattle cans to get down the base colour um, lots of sort of airbrushing of inks afterwards rather than airbrushing in flat colours um, I think I was trying to remember what inks I'd bought um, did we discuss that last time Dan I think we did I think I think yeah, I said so I you bought your ones so you wouldn't cane your uh, your, your work supply yeah well, I wouldn't cane my scale intensity ones because you know I use them a lot and I thought I'd just go through bottles of them and and, and, I, and I did so I used a whole black um, Windsor & Newton um, artist ink um, and I've used sort of two thirds of a um, I've got it here I couldn't remember the name of it last time um, it was a Liquidex um, um, raw rumber 
so I've used two thirds of a Liquitex raw umber as well. And I did use a little bit of the scale stuff. I used some greens and things in there as well, and some sort of sepia colours, but mostly those and just lots of streaking. I'm trying to make it look really, really grimy. But I won't describe it if you want to see what it looks like and you haven't already. Check back the Facebook and Instagram and and um, Twitter posts and check the video out on um, YouTube. It's, it's about eight minutes of video. Lots of stills on there. We'll be talking about how I did it. So go and check it out. But it's built and it's ready to go. Um, can't wait for it to go. Actually, I've had a, a mat, a new mat arrive today for it as well. So I've ordered a a six by four mat for it and a six by four gaming table from Game Mat EU, the new one that folds up into four. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought uh, if I want to play at home, I need a big enough table to put it on that isn't too wobbly. I've got at the moment, I've got three tables. You've used them actually, haven't you, Sam? I've got three tables I fold out. I think we only mm. used two. So even a four by four was sort of spread over two. There's a little bump in the middle. So one flat six by four now that folds up is, is going to be perfect for it. Um, and I will try and take it along to Flotsam and Jetsam, even if we don't, it's not used for a game because it takes because it takes up six foot long ways it's not going to be really suitable for people to have as a bit of terrain at the end of the board it doesn't really work but i might bring it along and i don't know store the prizes in it or something like that just do something cool with it um it might be and then if people want to want a game in, in in not this time around but in the future maybe evening games we can have some fun with it but um i'll talk about flotsam and jetsam at the end of this um what have i started doing um i've started building the defenders because i built this this castle and uh and we talked about having this big game and um lockdown is easing up slowly and we might be able to get a chance to actually get together and and play at some point in the coming months um so it's about time i actually painted up the defenders otherwise we're not going to be playing or i'm going to be relying on other people to to bring armies along which wasn't really the point um so i, I built my galadrim first actually and how um had a box of 24 Galadrim. I don't really need them all if I'm just running Haldir. A Warband, excuse me, for Haldir, but I thought I might as well build them all up. And I got a um, command set as well. So I wanted the Banner Bearer. I thought, well, I might as well have a second captain. I can either have a massive game of um, um, Helm's Deep where I do have two Warbands worth of Galadrim and, and, and countless numbers of um, a Rohan and a really, really big game, but it'll also be a future basis for a Galadrim army anyway I'm not going to need too many more than them I might get some cavalry and uh, um, Galadriel and Caliborn and um, I'm almost away then um, but I've built all those up ready to go I've built up 24 foot Rohan so far and a foot captain and a banner bearer and Thaden on foot um, I'm sort of trying to get them all ready to first and I'm going to build the, uh, the all the mountainous stuff separately because I'm going to have slightly different basing so the plan is to make the foot basing so it works as if they were on open planes, but also doesn't look too weird if it's in Helm's Deep, rather than have two armies. So I've ordered, I've got some little um, like paving stones that I ordered on eBay. I've got like a thousand of them for about six quid, tiny little things. Um, I'm just going to have about a third of each of the bases with these kind of paving stones, but then put sort of earth and stuff around, and then like the odd small dry tufts. Was like, so if you look at it in the context of on a castle wall, um, it looks like it might be a little tuft of grass growing up between, you know, in, a, in, a, in an abandoned castle or a castle that's not very well maintained. Whereas if you have them as a dismount because your, your cavalry's being nobbled, they won't look too out of place on a normal battle table as well. So I'm trying to make them a bit dual purpose. Um, but uh, I'll mount all the, the mount, all, I'll 
build all the mounted stuff separately because it's just going to be a sort of general kind of planes kind of look um and that's it for personal hobby wise really but i suppose it's quite a lot again i've finished painting helm's deep and i've built about 50 models um oh i've um i've shown you a video earlier wasn't i i've uh gambling so i didn't want to paint two banners with gambling and the foot model I had was the Helps Deep model, and the mountain model I had was the the Helms was the the banner model. Um, so I hacked the the banner arm off, and it takes half of his hair off the back of him as well. So I've had to green stuff some new hair on, and I've um, taken the right hand off the Helms Deep Gamlin, which um, had the sword in. Um, basically, added a sword hilt to his scabbard, so he's got his his sword in his sort of sheathed away. Um, and cut that hand off as well and I've got this I've basically magnetised a, a new hand so I've used a plastic gimli hand and green stuffed it um, and made a banner pole out of um, brass rod and used the, the, the spear tip off his banner pole anyway um, and then I'm using the sort of the same foil I've used on the dwarven banner to make one banner that I can kind of magnetise and switch between the two because I'm only going to paint freehand one bloody pony on that thing <laughs> um it saved me a lot of heartache and because it's in the foil i can um i can flatten it out paint it and then kind of wave it back up again as well um afterwards so uh, after i've sealed it so the paint doesn't crack off so but yeah so lots of building no real personal painting um because i really really need to crack on and actually paint the rohan army i've been talking about for ages and once they're done it'll be obviously the eyes and guard as well to add some extra attackers to to sam's forces and whoever else comes along um to to take part in our our big game um what else i've been doing i what have I, I bought loads of battle games in middle earth last time and I've, I've got loads of old books i've been filling the shelves with nostalgia um i just wanted some stuff and reference so i've got an awful lot of been scouring for cheap ebay bargains and things um and i've had a lot delivered i've pretty much got all the old themed um source books like shadow and flame and siege of gondor for Pelennor and ruin of arnor etc i've got all of them. i think there's there's like 11 of those in that kind of series so i've got all 11 of those um and i've what else have i picked up i've got um like a moria supplement and the three original rule books of so the fellowship the two towers the return of the king just been picking the things up that i either used to have um but never used for gaming or or never had at all and just sort of building up the the um the collection a lot of them have got some really really good modeling articles or scenarios and things in i've got the three journey books as well um so i'm filling up my 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 back collection shall we say um but um that's been it really but i wasn't going to talk about flotsam and jetsam down but you mentioned it and i think it's probably worth sort of talking about the plans um because very soon i'm gonna to have to sort of start reorganizing what, what's going on and i we might as well have a bit of a chat about it i'm a bit interested in what you guys think how likely it is that we can start sort of doing um event gaming i mean for those of you who are not in the uk so from the 4th of july um things all being well we're able our, our social distancing is sort of reduced down to one meter and that pubs and things are starting to open again but they're going to be very different they're going to be you know, table service only and it's going to be all going to be social distance still within that one meter so you can't just go and hang out with your mates in the pub like you normally would it's very much kind of geared to go within your family groups isn't it and 
sitting down at a table and ordering your drinks at that table and not mixing with other tables and things so it's going to be still going to be quite different i think what it opens up from my point of view i think that opens up meeting up for games with people inside as well as out when it's one meter i imagine um so i think our sponsor ink on game i think chips starting to take bookings for people to play was from the fourth but the tables are obviously going to be very 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 spaced out and you could book a table to play against someone else because you can stay a meter apart from each other and, and basically do what you said dan about like not share anything and stick to the same rules that you would be in shops and things so that would be easy to do i still feel that without further relaxation you couldn't hold an event though there's no way that you could you no. could you could multiply that kind of booking a table you couldn't swap between rounds and things because that will go against all the all the other rules and and gatherings are capped at 30 still from the 4th of, of july so gatherings is, so there need to be further things and the only reason i sounded less confident is it's not a sound not don't think it will change so i just don't know and when they announced it, and I don't want to get all political, this is just, just commenting on what I saw when I announced it, that both sort of scientific officers were very wary that said, you know, this could be what changes on the on the 4th of July could very much be the normal for a long time, maybe into next spring kind of thing. So um, it depends how much more can be relaxed before we get to the stages of vaccine and stuff. And again, I don't want to make this really, I'm trying to keep it within the context of of gaming rather than make it a big discussion around covid and, and politics that's not the intention it's, it's trying to have a context of can we go to events and stuff and if they were being over cautious and just trying not to um you know get us too far ahead of ourselves and now we'll see further relaxation in august and in september and then moving into october then absolutely there's definitely signs that flotsam and jets can go ahead the rescheduled flotsam and jets can go ahead in october if that's it <laughs> Then, then I can't see personally how there would be any events at all, um, because you couldn't. Even if you stuck with thirty people, so maximum gamma thirteen p thirty people, how hard it would would it be between rounds to make sure people move around the room and stay socially distanced and meeting different people? Um, it'd be very odd, wouldn't it? Thoughts, guys? Or? Regardless of the legalities. Um... I actually attended an event uh, the week before, or a couple of days before, actually. Yeah. Uh, lockdown was introduced in the UK. Um, and there was quite a dropout. Yeah. Even then. So, you know, I wouldn't... I don't think uh, there's a right or wrong answer for this. Everyone's circumstances are different. Yes. Uh, people would have to make their own call about whether they uh, thought they they themselves were safe whether people around them in their you know bubbles in inverted commas whatever term that uh, where you may be listening to this are using whether they'll be safe it's um even if it were possible to run it legally there's always the question about whether enough attendees judged it safe enough to attend to make it viable to run yeah absolutely um, again, like yourself i'm not being negative about it i provided the world is in a place where it was legal to do so and it was judged as safe i would of course be there with bells on no problem you know i hope this isn't the uh whatever's changed from the, the fourth isn't the spring because yeah frankly i want to see my bra for a year at that point so that would suck um but you know or at least not seen her in the way that <laughs> a normal functioning couple would do let's put it that way um Otherwise, we're just mates, and you know, save that for after marriage. <laughs> uh, it's um, 
it's a funny old world, and I, I, you know, I don't think it's an, uh, you know, a naive hope. Hope. I just think this. Someone said to me actually today is with the event of all of this stuff with COVID, it's removed a lot of things to look forward to. Mm-hmm. People got holiday, people go to events, people can't, you know, do all the things that previously were taken for granted and look, used to look forward to to get us through the, the humdrum of life. Yeah. So I think finding things to look forward to, I wouldn't say investing to the point where you're going to be emotionally devastated if it doesn't happen. I think you can still be realistic. But I think it's good to have something to look forward to. So I'm going to continue to look forward to Flotsam and Jetsam. I'm going to hope and I'm going to keep my fingers crossed as often for as long as I can. And uh, we'll just have to see as it comes a bit closer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as the organiser, it's... Um everything was put on hibernation but there wasn't a lot of organizing to do anyway there will be a little bit for the second day now for the singles that's been added to it um but there was no point in me putting massive amounts of time or as i said selling tickets for the second day until i knew there was any point in doing that and we have lots of time still so anyone who does have tickets um obviously your tickets still stand for it and um it will be dealt with when it's needed to be dealt with i suppose um there's nothing as yet that's that, that's that been an announcement that means that i can say that it's definitely going ahead but um I, yeah i might have sounded negative i'm not saying i don't believe there'll be changes i think there will be more relaxation um providing things don't get worse um or any worse than you know any any peaks or spikes and things are only localized as long as we don't see a massive return to the sort of levels we were previously i don't think we will i think we will see more relaxation i just don't know whether that will be the kind of um things that will allow events like wargaming to go ahead i think definitely think dan you'll be able to see your girlfriend soon <laughs> probably in a way that you'd like um i don't i think that will happen again i think because they'll, they'll expand the family bubble type thing and that, and that will be included in the family bubble type thing um but in terms of events and stuff i don't i just don't know especially when my venue is a pub um it's a pub it's a nightclub as well so that you know they won't be running as a nightclub they'll be running as a pub i imagine when and they got a nice big beer garden so i'm sure chip will be opening that up and I, like i said i know he's planning on opening up some level of gaming but you will have to pre-book your table the tables are going to be very very spaced out um and there's going to be very strict rules um of how what you're allowed to do um within that gaming i suppose um because you are facing people so whether you're one meter away you are facing people so you might well have to wear masks to do that and things so so there are lots of complications and i'm just we there is a long time it is a long time till october and hopefully we can continue to see more and more relaxation but as it stands i can't stand i couldn't say based on the the fourth of july announcements that um it's a it's a massive fast go ahead for it as yet it's a kind of we're still in still in that waiting pattern and seeing um what about yourself sam have you have you got anything anything to add to our um unwisdom no I, i'm pretty much on the same boat as yourself and dan i'd love to see it go ahead so that there's something to look forward to uh, just going to basically see what happens it's not really i'm in the same boat as you guys yeah cool well 
in some slightly better news then so I've, I've locked in the dates for it next year which may be year one which is would be really sad if it is year one but um i've locked in the, the the dates for next year so i might as well share it with you now so people that really wanted to or interested can put it in the calendar early so next year in 2021 flocks and jetson will become a bit more the the vision that i had when i had to make it a weekender rather than a one day um so next year i'm i've stolen the dates that 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 tom and i used to use for gino events in july um and there's a i always forget the name of the festival what's the festival called guys 2000 trees, 2000 trees. there's a f- festival called 2000 trees relatively local to um sort of cheltenham area um and when that's on most of the people who go to the income gaming nightclub which is an alternative nightclub on the friday and saturday night go there and they don't go to the club and all the staff want to go so to so chip just shuts up the nightclub that weekend when it's on um which means we have we don't have to pack up tables at the end of the night and means we can kind of turn it into an exclusive venue so that's what we're going to be doing for flotsam and jetsam at the moment it's just going to be saturday and sunday i'm not planning on doing any gaming on the friday but but if people are interested and this is a long way off yeah but if people are interested we can usually open up the open up on the friday night um have the bar open and people can do casual gaming and then it will be all gay gaming on the the saturday and i imagine it will follow the sort of format that i was planning to do um what i'm still planning to do in october which will be um doubles on the saturday um, and then singles on on the Sunday. The difference will be in July next year that on the Saturday night people can hang around as well. Um, we usually use the beer garden if it's sunny and keep the bar open. People again could do casual gaming, just hang out and chat, and or get a get a local curry house to do a massive curry buffet, and they bring it it's out. It's an excellent it's, curry. It's, a, it's amazing, and it all comes out and the proper hot plates and stuff. This isn't like a takeaway takeaway. It comes in bay marie's and proper sort of outside catering type thing. Um, that's obviously an extra cost if you want that you don't have to do that you can still hang around in the evening anyway but it's, it's you can have some food and you know play whatever you want you don't have to play middle earth stuff but be cool if you want to um, and then the gaming on the Sunday as well before people go home so that's what it's going to be in twenty in 2021 um, and it's the 10th and 11th of July because that's the dates for the festival they'd already planned it in when they cancelled this year's festival 2003 they, they booked in the dates for that right away so people knew um and we should be okay to do it by then definitely so worst case scenario and it doesn't happen this year um i will transfer people's tickets over that those who want to that is people who want to go next year instead will transfer their tickets over um but hopefully it happens in october and next year on the 10th and 11th of july but i i but i secured those dates yesterday um and it will be a two-dayer but it will be i imagine i will keep it at the sort of format this year so one day will be fun laid-back doubles the next day will be some kind of quirky fun laid-back thrown as skull style singles event um hopefully accommodating people from the day before so we can have a cool weekend of uh, middle earth laid-back middle earth gaming in a pub venue with a beer garden there with a big curry on a saturday night so that's the plan so if you like the sound of that sounds a little bit different to to some events you go to all on one site no hotel for you in the site i'm afraid but there are plenty available in Cheltenham, including a, a lovely premier inn over the road um so you can have a really really cool weekend for those if you like a drink or something with you your gaming in the evening as well you can you can do that and make it a really good fun thing but see that has really good air conditioning so in times like these all good. <laughs> that, that's a particular Premier Inn, stayed there. I, I actually quite liked it. So, 
Well, we've done a lot of good events there um, with Gino, and they were pretty well attended. Obviously, this is a mostly different crowd. We do have a few people that we've dragged over that will no doubt be interested if they're still playing Middle Earth by that time next year, I'm sure. Um, so I'm sure it'll be slightly different, but... Um, um it's been a um yeah it's been it's been good to us over the years doing doing that event during that weekend in july so as we know really good shop who uh do sponsors <laughs> yes absolutely well the shops there as well yeah, of course it's incon gaming and is, is the venue um with the pub and everything you couldn't you couldn't want anything else right in the center of cheltenham as well so if you want to go out it's a good nightlife there's plenty of restaurants and, and things as well if you don't want curry or you want to eat on the Friday night or on the Sunday afterwards, you can make a really, really nice weekend of it um, with it all on site. There's plenty of hotels in the centre as well, so walking distance. So not say, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, it's not, it doesn't have to be a drinker's thing, but if you do want to go away and, and not worry about park up your car at the beginning of it and not worry about it for the weekend, um, have a couple of beers, chat Middle Earth with people, play lots of games spend money in the shop hopefully and uh, it can be a really good event so hopefully it'll uh, attract people with something that's a little bit different but um i've i know I've, I've more than talked too much about the things that i've been doing you guys got anything else you want to add before we take a break no i'm good thank you fantastic right then well we'll go for a break now and we'll come back with our main topic the hour grows late, and Blandalf Grey Plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this, Blandalf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. You may be wondering why you're hearing my voice, uh, not the usual silken tones of Stu. Unfortunately, he has not been able to join us tonight um, for our main segment. Um, a bit unfortunate, but sometimes these things happen. Uh, we're living in interesting times. So it's just myself, and I'm joined by Ben Taylor. So say hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. <laughs> so um, just to get this out of the way. Ben and I have known each other for quite a long time now, getting on for 10 years. So this was going to be slightly more, uh, I guess, um, open with Stu, because Stu's, uh, I think, only met you a few times. Um, so, yeah. you, you know, we're just going to have to pretend we don't know each other so well, So because the listeners don't know you. So, um, Easily done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how you doing anyway? You good? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. It's, um, it's fun times, isn't it? It's... Um, it's, it's a very strange time in the world. Um, it, uh, being honest, it's been a few weeks since we recorded the first section the listeners would have heard, so we're still, unfortunately, in uh, the midst of uh, a global pandemic. Um, things are easing up. We had some more things happen tonight um, that uh, ongoing in the UK. There's going to be more and more stuff opening, so it's all looking a bit better, but, you know, still tough times. So yeah, it's good that we're both doing okay. Hopefully everyone else out there is too. So we might as well kick off, really. Um, I suppose the first question is, how did you get started in miniature wargaming? Um, 
I think it was a shop in London, and I don't think it was a games workshop. I think it was just sort of like a random card shop. I think I had Yu-Gi-Oh card or Pokemon cards or something. No, Dragon Ball Z cards it was back in the day. I was about 10, uh, so that's what, 20 odd years ago. Um, and I just saw some Space Marines in a box, I think, and picked up, I think it was a motorbike, picked it up, took it back, and then realized, oh, I need glue and paints and stuff. So I think my mum and dad took me down to a, another shop, a bit more local. And I got a few bits and bobs, probably some um, model air stuff or the, 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 the plain ones, I can't remember what they're called. Oh, um, uh, Humbrol and Airfics. Yeah, the Airfics, yeah, probably some, some of that stuff. So I probably painted them in a really random colour. Um, but then when I moved up to Peterborough from London, um, some of my friends at school did uh, 40k. And I started to get a few more Space Marines after going down to the local G-Dub. Uh, did black Templars because they were the easiest one to do. Spray and black, white shoulder pads, metal bolt gun, done. <laughs> and then uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a painter. Um, then yeah, just basically like we all do, grow up a bit. Late teenage years, sort of that dropped off a bit. Found other hobbies to do: BMXing, skateboarding, things like that. Uh, and then came back again about 21, 22 years of age. Uh, Saw an old friend. We ended up. We saw each other in GW actually when I was going in to just to have a little nosy, and basically just start picking up again. Yeah, time. you were staff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Dan Wheeler was the person I saw in there, and we started basically playing again. I did. I did Space Marines again. But I did Dark Angels and then Orcs, and then um, been yeah, just basically for the last 10, 12 years or so, just been uh, doing lots of different game systems. Never done Lord of the Rings though. Always. Looked at them, always wanted them. Never been a great painter, so I didn't feel I could ever do them justice. So I didn't want to do them. Uh, but about a year ago, that all uh, that all changed. And, uh, yeah, it seemed to happen in one go, didn't it? Um, yeah. sort of, for some reason, it came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? Uh, I think the half, half the reason I ended up getting back into it is because you did. Still have been chipping away at me for a little while, but without the local scene, it's kind of what's the point. Yeah. And then yeah. you were like, yeah, I'm well on it. I, I bought the Pelinor Field Cell. I was like, oh, right, well, it's on now, isn't it? Yeah. So you say you don't like painting, but that's kind of changed recently as well. You've done actually loads. So, that's, I mean, that's yeah. cool. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, to be honest with you, it's all thanks to contrast paint, really. Um, I mean, I, I can paint. I have painted armies, and I'm just really slow, and I'm really loathe to pick up new techniques. So I just stick to the old basics, and they never look as good as, or in my opinion, as anyone else's. So it's just a bit like, oh, never really been that bothered about doing it. Just wanted to get them painted so I could play. Didn't enjoy painting. But then contrast come out, and I really fancy doing Lord of the Rings. And with some of the demonstrations for, like, the fur, the fur and the cloth and the skin, which is basically the three parts of Lord of the Rings, I find, is um, the, the, the examples of contrast there just made me want to pick them up and do it. So I, I picked up um, the Eowyn and, and Merry model uh, in preparation to buy Pelennor Fields a few weeks later, but I thought I'd get a cheap model just to, just to start on. And yeah, painted that in contrast and absolutely loved it. And it just went on so quick, looked good, didn't have to go back and do much to it. And then I'm, I've just been hooked since, and I've painted loads. Well, for me, I've painted loads anyway. I'd, I'd say you painted loads. Um, yeah, definitely, because I think it'd be fair to say you're always a, um, you know, just paint-to-game player, as you said, and actually seeing you be excited about painting stuff. And we've got a little chat, haven't we, um, sort of the local gamers, and 
the amount of times you actually get involved in painting conversations now and people are actually asking you painting questions. I think that's such a cool thing. I love that. I was people very asking about... about that. No, it's, it's a lovely thing because each of us brings our own thing to the hobby. Um, and that's obviously something you've heavily invested in. It's something you know better than the rest of us. So that being able to share that with us and like I can tap you up and ask, how does that work? I think I asked you something yesterday because I got aboard a GW kit with the clear plastic in it. And normally I use Tamiya clears. And I was asking you how the contrast goes on with that, how it might work. So, you know, share and share alike. I think it's fantastic. So um, yeah. what armies uh, do you have at the moment? Um, so, yeah, so I bought Eowyn and Mary first, and then I bought the Pelennor Fields, but I actually bought that for Rory, my son, who's, who's 12. So it was actually last year, so it was his 12th birthday. Um, he is interested, he loves Lord of the Rings like I do. He picked it up the same time I did. I was about 10 or so. Uh, actually, maybe a bit younger, I was about nine. Um, my grandma got me a set of the books uh, because the movies were about to come out. She worked at the Folio Society. So she got me the set of books. I read them. I loved them. And then we went to see the actual premiere at Odeon in Leicester Square, of Fellowship of the Ring, uh, seeing all the stars and stuff go by. I didn't know any of them at the time at all. Um, but obviously looking back now, I can recall. Um, so yeah, back to models. I, uh, I got the Pelennor box at Four Rory and then just basically started painting them. So I've got the Army of the Dead out of there and a few other bits and bobs. The ki- uh, I've got the King, Rider. Uh, I've got the Heralds as well, but um, no, I haven't painted them yet. Uh, painted the Rohan. Uh, I've got a few extra models for them. Uh, I've got AMA, but I'm looking forward to the new one. Uh, and a few extra oh, riders. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? I painted up the Harrods Serpent Horde Mumak list. Um, so oh, wow. Don't talk about Mumak. Will Mills. <laughs> yeah. Me and Will Mills. Uh, was, oh, well, we are still, but we was going to double up for the Flotsam and Jetsam event um, that Stu was putting on. Uh, mm. So basically, we've got a Mumak each and a few troops as such few uh infantry i've got the betrayer as well i don't know if it's a dirty list or not <laughs> the, the few games i've had of it it's a bit of a, a glass hammer it either does it or it doesn't well uh, i played you didn't i with the um i use sam's half and that was the yeah. fellowship and that had a lot of high hitting characters and that was quite good yeah i played will yeah. this week actually it was my first game of middle earth um since all this nonsense in the world kicked off and yeah i just couldn't kill that damned elephant so, yeah, they, I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of those rock, paper, scissors thing. I mean, if someone takes a, a ballista or something, they're going to make short work of it. But, yeah, yeah it, it, I, it's, it looks amazing, though. I mean, both of you have um, themed quite well. They're just subtly different, but they work as a cohesive force. I think it's really cool looking. And, you know, two elephants is absolutely terrifying, if I'm honest with you. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. I mean, there is, there's, a, there's a couple of subtle differences between mine and his. Mine's male and his is female. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one, yeah, yours is very male, very male. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got the Mumak um, army. It's only a small one; it's a six hundred points. So it literally, is Mumak um, betrayer on horseback, and about I think twelve infantry. Um, so I think it's yeah, I think it's six bows and six mix of spears and daggers, just for the points to get squeeze them in. Um, but it's, that's okay. That's quite fun. And then literally last night, I finished. I've never painted them before. I'm quite happy with them. I finished the fellowship. Um, so I bought, it was at Herald Gaming Center, which is a local gaming fate as such, or festival every year in Peterborough. Uh, and I was there, and they sell a lot of secondhand stuff on stalls and things, and there's a lot of new stuff as well. 
Uh, but someone had a Balin's Tomb diorama, so the big circle one with the well, the tomb on, in the middle of Gimli standing on top. Yeah. Obviously the, the Fellowship. Uh, look, saw that. I said, how much is that, mate? And he said, £10. So I ripped his hand off and bought that straight away. Um, actually, in fact, a bit of a funny story, I didn't have any cash on me at the time. and It was basically a boot sale and he was only accepting cash. So I ran up to my friend Dan. Uh, not you, sorry, Dan Wheeler. Yeah, <laughs> I ran up to him, tugging on his arm. Dan, Dan, can I borrow £10, please? <laughs> so I could go and pay this man. For the violins too. Uh, but yeah, finally painted that up. Uh, finished it last night. I just need to actually paint the actual diorama base to match all of their bases and stuff. So I'll get that up on Instagram soon, hopefully. But yeah, yeah hopefully you'll have that up by the time this goes out so people can uh, go find that. And so um, before we go further, do you want to hit people up with your Instagram tag? Yeah, so it's a 40k slash 30k reference name. So it's uh, Luther did nothing wrong. Uh, all with um, underscores between the words. So Lufa underscore did underscore nothing underscore wrong. Um, no worries. Yeah. We'll whack that in the post when we put the bits and pieces up so people will be able to find you, but it's always good for a, bit of a reminder. So, yeah, uh, get them up, definitely. Yeah, we will do. And then um, uh, I've just I've just got uh, the new Saruman model. He's um, being delivered tomorrow. So I haven't just got him. He's being delivered tomorrow, the new Saruman on horseback with uh, Grima and the Palantir. Um, and then I have got the makings of an Isengard force. So I've been getting a few characters here and there and a few troops here and there from some trade sites and things over the last over last year, really. Since I, since I started, I've always wanted an Isengard army. But I've uh, just been focusing on more on Rory's armies, getting them painted so you can play with them with me and stuff. But yeah, so that's, that's all my Lord of the Rings armies at the moment. Yeah, so um, of that, obviously, you've been I've recently finished your fellowship, so I'm guessing the next thing is going to be your Saruman. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I'm doing that hobby bingo as well, so there's the challenge of paint uh, paint a, a model within 24 hours of receiving it. Is it 24 or 48 hours? I think it's 48 uh, hours, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them. So I'm going to try and paint that fully within uh, 48 hours. I think I'm just going to focus on the the foot Saruman model uh, and just try and get that one done to tick off that. And then, uh, and then I'll crack on with the horseback and Grima, but they should be quite fun to paint. It's a lovely model, especially the one on horseback. I think it's, I think it's one of the best models in the, in the, in the range. I would agree with you actually. Um, I'd actually possibly say it's better than the new Aimer and the new Aimer is beautiful. There's something about that Saruman yeah. on, uh, on horses is genuinely stunning. The, the level of quality yeah. in the, the recent plastics like Theoden, etc. Just insane. Um, so it's... Yeah, Theoden's brilliant. He's, he's, and he was, a, he was a dream to paint. And that's coming from someone that doesn't really like painting. So <laughs> yeah, was, you uh, were really excited about lovely. that. It was cool. Yeah. yeah so moving on, sort of the main topic, uh, getting your, you know, your kids, etc. involved in the hobby. Mm. How, as you've obviously you've covered the fact that he's got interest in Lord of the Rings and you bought him. Um, Pelennor Fields for his birthday last year, but where did you go from there? Sort of, what have you done together? Um, yeah, so yeah, so he showed interest. He, he always loved Lord of the Rings, and he has had a Warhammer, uh, a Space Marine army for a, a couple of years now. Um, and it, we've been painting a bit and playing a few little skirmish games, just getting getting him used to rolling dice, really, and sort of remembering a bit about the stats and what you hit on, what you wound on, things like that. Um, we like we play chess together. We play probably two or three times a week, usually, not not every week, but usually. 
Um, so he, he does like his um, strategy and he does like his, his dice rolling. Um, so yeah, so basically we did 40k for a while. He said he loves ordering. He didn't even ask me over a year ago, oh, do, do they do like a Warhammer version of uh, Lord of the Rings? I was like, yeah, they actually do. I showed him, he loved it. So that's why we bought Pelinopfield for his birthday and he loved that. And then, yeah, we just started picking up, uh, started playing the skirmish game. So I think we played through the actual campaign book out of Pelinor. So we got the Mordor armies. We ended up selling those because he didn't want them. I didn't want them. I said, if you sell them, you could buy some more models and things, the ones you do want. So that's what we did. But we did play with the Mordor and played through the book. So we got the rules down a bit. And then um, we've been down the Legion of Peterborough, our local gaming group, uh, a few times and played a couple little games here and there. Uh, skirmish games, sort of like 500 points, really, not, nothing more than that. Uh, and then, yeah, just when we can, we play a game here and there. And uh, I think, yeah, the, we haven't played a game in ages until about three or four weeks ago. And we played his Rohan versus my Mumak list, which we've never done before, which is actually really fun. Yeah, um, obviously, that originally when we first started talking about getting you on for this, um, you'd only played that maybe the week before. I think yeah. you have, maybe we've actually talked about it before you actually did it. But Obviously, uh, times have been a bit crazy. Um, if it's still kind of in there in your brain, sort of tell us a little bit about the game. Yeah, can do. Uh, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, after, yeah, after we had the game, I did sort of write it down on my phone notes, just a little brief summary of each turn. Just, I think it lasted about seven or eight turns, but I won't go into that much detail. Um, so, yeah, we just basically said, look, let's, to the death, let's just try and kill each other. Uh, see if you can take down the elephant, and I'll see if I can kill Theoden or something like that. Um, and we, we, we're still a bit rusty with the rules. I'm okay. Uh, he, he obviously is a bit rusty in that, so just guided him for it, really. Uh, we didn't do any sort of heroics that much. I think I told him to do a couple of heroics near the end just to help him out a bit. But uh, basically, my Mumak um, stumbled forwards uh, turn by turn, never really doing anything. He got priority every single turn, I think. Yeah, every single turn, but the last <laughs> turn, he got priority, yeah. I think he rolled a six every time. That boy rolls sixes all day long. Uh, he's taken my luck. Awesome. I used to, yeah. Well, no, he's <laughs> taking it from me because I used to do that all the time, didn't I? Yes, I used to play 40k orcs. I used to roll sixes all day. But um, I can't do it anymore. The, the muscle's gone. My, my dice rolling muscle. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's picked it up, I think. And, uh, uh, yeah, so he got... Yeah, getting old, yeah. He, uh, he got priority every turn and just sort of charged at me, really, into two flanks. Uh, came around the side, took down the betrayer. Uh, and a couple of the guys that were on the floor, my shooters on the top of the Mumak were trying to... I was just trying to kill characters, really. I, was, I think I killed Aema, um, but Eowyn and, and uh, Theoden got into me uh, with a, f- a few supporting, and over a couple of turns, kept charging me because I couldn't get priority to to uh, stampede him. Uh, he just ended up taking him down, and he had loads left. I think he had Theoden, Eowyn, probably about seven or eight riders left, uh, and I was totally wiped. A convincing victory. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks just like the movies. That's what you said after. Like, oh, I was just like the films. They just basically took down the other film. And I was like, yeah, exactly. It always works out like that, honest. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is different? Because um, I, I know like, um, you run like intro games in the past down at the club for other people. What would you say is the main difference between, you know, apart from that he, he's obviously he's your son, but obviously what's the difference between teaching a younger person and, you know, teaching one of the other more you know mature members of the club um 
yeah, it is different. I, I'd say for me, when I've taught people how to play, I've got three types of people I've played. Because I, I used to run the club for quite a while. Well, not run, but help organise it and take the money and things like that um, at the old place. I'd say um, running it, to be fair. <laughs> you pretty much did. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And you helped me with, with the events with... as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. there's a, a more collective group of people, but you, you know, you, things change and you have to step back for a bit. Um, but yeah, I'd say you, you definitely were a, a large force in it. I think that's fair to say. So yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I used to. So when people used to come down, they they may be like new to the club, or they may have new. We, we may have new systems there that people are starting to play. So I'd usually teach them how to play that. Uh, so I suppose with adults, I had two different types. I had friends that I was teaching how to play and I had people that I didn't really know. And I was teaching them how to play as well. Um, so with friends, there's a bit more banter and I can take the mick a bit and give them a kick up the bum and, and stuff like that just to, to get moving or whatever. Um, and then there's people you don't really know. Obviously, you can't have that, that close banter with them. So it's a bit more it's just a bit more professional with them, really, and just sort of telling them how to do it. Basically telling them how to kill me, which I find is... A way to help people learn the game it's like because they enjoy it more and they they pick up on the rules more they're like oh yeah that's how you kill that dude i'm gonna i'm gonna do that again sort of thing so helping them with that and then i suppose with rory it's a mix of that so i've never been a teacher or anything but i have got four children so i do know how to to, to teach them and speak to them and, and get them to remember things so especially when we learned chess well he learned chess so i taught him chess uh, which i think's Sometimes it's probably a bit harder to learn. Sometimes out of these, out of all the games we, we play, uh, but he's quite brainy. He's quite quick to pick up things. So yeah, he, he gets it pretty quick. I make sure he's got the stats in front of him. Um, he asks me, "What is it to hit?" I don't tell him. I say, "Look it up." In a nice way, obviously, not as harsh as that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> have a look at the thing. I'm strength this. Your defence that. What am I hitting? Or vice versa. What am, what are you hitting on? And then he'll look it up. And I find if someone's looking at themselves and reading that rule or reading that stat that's going to go in their brain so much quicker than me just telling them yeah it's freeze yeah it's freeze it's fours or whatever because they won't remember and they'll just ask you again in five minutes um so yeah i'd say that's the biggest thing is get the person to read their rule or or find out what they're doing rather than telling them it's it's the easiest way of doing it I think. yeah I'd, I'd agree with that you know back in the old staff days you used to have to teach people and yeah learning together and especially if you don't know the answer, I always found that if you say, oh, okay, I don't know, let's learn together, and it, it, it kind of makes an impact. That's kind of quite a cool little thing to do. Yeah, it works. So what sort of new thing about yourself or the game has teaching your son how to play sort of taught you? Um, that's a tough one. What has it taught me? Patience. <laughs> uh, no, you've been playing for years. You don't need that. Yeah, it's true. Um, I do play quite quickly. I I think fast. I throw dice quicker. Um, it's not always correct, and I probably should slow down. I won't make as many mistakes, but uh, I suppose it's taught me to slow down a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair shout. So what would you say, like, the, the top three things um, someone who wanted to either introduce their kids into the hobby or they've got kids who are interested but then now you need to make the next steps and actually get them involved what would you say the, the three things are the most important uh i don't know about the most important but i think the three things that just jump to mind are and i'll go into them as such is is the law the background um painting aspect and the fun gaming side of it 
So I suppose to be into the game in, in total, I, I think a background knowledge is great. So maybe just talking about it, saying, look at this cool model, or with Lord of the Rings, it's easy. It's watch these films, they're awesome. Um, yeah. Obviously, then read the books, maybe. Um, with, with Rory, uh, my oldest, it was watch the films first. Uh, but he likes science fiction and fantasy and things. So anyway, so getting him to read the books was easy uh, and he loves them. Um, and then the painting side of it, yeah, I mean, kids love painting. It's art. It's chucking paint on the model and see what comes out. Obviously helping him through that. And he, when he first paints his first model, it was like, oh, it doesn't look anything like I wanted it to. But it's like, well, that's not wrong. It's just trying to improve on that and getting it to where it needs to be. Um, I think even the professional painters out there will look at one and go, that's not how I want it to be. And there's always improvements to make. So it's about learning that and not being defeatist. And then the third thing is, is having fun gaming. So the narrative side of things, I think really help that. And with Lord of the Rings, there's so much opportunity there to, to do something narrative, even if it's something skirmishy like Gandalf versus Saruman or Aragorn versus a few of the, the ring wraiths on Weathertop or, um, AOM versus Witch King or, or, or whatever. You could just do a couple models and, and have fun doing that and playing out that scene and oh, can we change history and can we do and, and things like that. I think that's really fun. And then you can expand on that and, and create armies and, and then we go from there, which obviously we all know about. I think that, that helps a lot. So going sort of more down those narrative scenarios might be a really good shout then for doing it as a and then what about um battle companies? Is it something you've looked at? Uh, a little look into it. I haven't I don't know any of the rules or anything like that about it, but as far as I can tell, it's just like a mini version of MESBG. It's um, it is something I want to do. It's on the hobby bingo checklist that I'd like to do to start a battles company, and obviously it's only a few models, so uh, I do want to do it. Um, it's on the list, but I don't know anything about it yet. <laughs> do you reckon you do something new, or just do one made up of an army you already got? Um, I probably want to do something new. I think I want to do something to do with Rangers of the North because they're cool. Um, yeah, the dinner down there, very, very cool. Yeah, dinner down there. It would be the start of the new army as well. I know that for a fact. <laughs> that, that's how they get you. Yeah, that is, yeah. But yeah, so I'd probably do something like that. Nice. So have you, have you got any um, plans with, or, or indeed any of your other kids for the future? Has any, have any of the others taken an interest or...? Uh, yeah, my, I've got so I've got four kids. I've got three boys and, and a little girl. Um, she's only four, so she's not such yet. But the three boys, uh, twelve, ten, and eight. Um, the so obviously Rory's twelve. He, he loves it. He's into it already. Uh, the other two, Space Marines. Um, they, they like painting them. I've got loads of old spare ones and stuff. So we, we, I let them paint them and that, and they, they enjoy that. Lord of the Rings. They've played a few games with us. We've done a two on two, sort of just throwing dice really. Sort of tell them what to do to hit, to wound, and. We cheer when one of them kills one and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> usually me and Rory are on opposite sides and then we help our partners out and stuff. Um, actually, when I went to Warhammer World last year, with, it was just me and the three boys. We went there to have a look around and look through the museum side of things and had a burger and stuff and we rolled a few dice. They, they obviously wanted a souvenir or something. So uh, I think they had about 10, 10 15 pounds each or something. And um, Flynn, my youngest boy, he's eight. He bought um, the Bilbo. The um the one where he's holding his book. Oh, uh, it's a really lovely model, that actually. And he's yeah, he's got the ring in his hand. Um, so I painted that up for him a little while ago. I literally finished it, I think, about two or three weeks before the actor passed away. And 
so it's, it's quite nice. Like he, he got that. I eventually painted it, gave it back to him, and then told him that unfortunately he passed away. And that we had a bit of a, a cuddle about it. But it was uh, it's nice. It's, he keeps it on his shelf right near his bed, and he loves it. He absolutely loves having that old Bilbo watching over him. So he's definitely into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting some proper feels going on here, actually. <laughs> oh, no, getting the emotional, emotional heart, heartstrings. <laughs> that's that's really cool, man. Um, so you know, um, do you, do you have any plans, sort of, you know, when this is all settled down a bit, maybe go back to uh, Warhammer Worlds, um, get some bigger games going, or? Yeah, definitely. Um, because Roy's got the Pelennor fields, he's got Rohan and um, Army of the Dead, so you can feel probably pushing 1500 points worth of um, joint army um, and I think I could gather something to that effect up, I might have to do a bit of a mix, mix match and do Harad and Isengard which isn't very uh, narrative but I think or maybe I have to borrow some models or something and then we'll get a, a uh, bigger game on no problem. Yeah, borrow, yeah, oh yeah, good model, yeah. Or maybe we'll do a um, a two on two or something like that. Um, but yeah, more gaming. Want to go down the club more when it opens up Legion of Peterborough. Uh, try and support that and get down there. And get. I want to get him playing other people than me, so he's got to rely on his knowledge rather than me helping him along. Which I think now he knows the basics is probably the best way to improve on that. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah, down, um... Different people, different army styles. Yeah. Yeah, I won't get him to play you, though, because you'll just smash him off the table. I don't think I'm <laughs> anyone's first choice of an intro game with Iron Hills, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> as we've established, the fact that, um, you know, the one I'm asking the questions, I don't know how to deal with kids. <laughs> so it might do me some good as well. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, Rory <laughs> run rings around you. Uh, undoubtedly. I've got my cat runs ring rounds on me, so God knows what a 12-year-old will do. Um, so there's no more to say really other than obviously thank you so much for coming on it's taken such a long time to get here it's so many false starts unfortunately Stu, uh, Stu couldn't join us but it, I'm really glad you uh, made it and is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out uh, well yeah no, thanks for having me on first of all and yeah sad that we couldn't chat with Stu as well but I'm sure I'll catch him at the Flotsam and Jetsam event uh, when it eventually happens I think in October September, October something, October something like I think October, yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to that, yeah. Um, shout outs, yeah, same as yours, I suppose, at the end of every podcast, really. Legion of Peterborough, local gaming group, good job, bunch of lads, play lots of different games, so come on down, We've got a Facebook group. Um, and yeah, just, and, and I suppose you, you, you guys listen to you every time you put one out, uh, a new podcast keeps me going, keeps me painting. I don't even have to force you anymore, so it's, it's well good. <laughs> yeah, it's only the first couple of times, now joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, glad, glad you listened to it. It's, it's a good cast, uh, and I listened to a few of the others as well. Um, yeah, yeah, you picked um, up um, Mordor yet for uh, Green Dragon? That dropped recently. Started listening to it today, about halfway through. It's a big one, um, but it's good so far. Yeah, I'm only yeah, probably good. an hour or so into it, but it's, yeah, it's really good too. So yeah, shout yeah, out to them. Good. Yeah, definitely, they're they're really good, and especially with their army reviews, they're really good to listen to. Um, really break down the units and things and what they do. It really helps me. With my game inside of things, so yeah, they're very good. Yeah, they're kind of like the um, the the older statesmen we need because obviously we're also quite so new to it in our local gaming group. We don't have one of those guys who's been playing it for ages to help us, so it's kind of they fill that niche for us, really, don't they? Definitely do, they definitely do. Well, um, thank you so much, mate. Thank you so much for coming on, and um, yeah, keep listening, and hopefully we'll have you back again sometime. Yeah, we'd be glad to. Thank you. <coughs>
Welcome back. Uh, unfortunately, as last segment, Stu hasn't been able to join us for this particular set of uh, segments this evening. So once again, I am actually joined by Ben. He's going to be our first, potentially only, uh, guest on the Deathmatch. So uh, hello again to Ben. Uh, right. It turns out, actually, the initial um, suggestion to do this particular matchup was made by yourself. It's just ironically ended up this way. You're actually going to help us uh, see it through. So um, would you like to tell us who you recommended? I Yeah, I recommended Eowyn versus the Witch King. I thought when I did so, I thought it would be a crazy matchup as, uh, as stats go. <clears throat> but um, going through it, it looks like there might be might be doable as yeah, it's not quite cut and dry. Yeah. Um so we're going to play it um from the very moment that uh, Theoden has unfortunately been cast down and Eowyn's revealed herself as, as as being herself um and strode up to challenge the Witch King. So um without further ado, would you like to go through Eowyn's stats and explain how we're using her for this? Yep. Uh, so we've got Eowyn shield made in of Rohan. Uh, we've given her an extra armor and a shield. Um, so her stats are move six, fight five, four plus for shooting, uh, strength three. She's now defense five with the upgrades. Uh, two attacks, two wounds, five courage. And then she's got two each of might, will, and fate. Uh, her actions are resolve, strike, and strength. Nice one. Uh, we're also going to use her special rule as well uh, for this because it is obviously taking part in that particular place. So that's. Yeah, so the, that's uh... um... Yeah, carry on. I shall kill you if you touch him. Sorry. I shall kill you if you touch him, which basically gives her, um, in this scenario where they're going to be fighting next to Fairden's body, uh, re-rolls to wound, uh, and then she receives a plus one to wound uh, when making strikes. Yeah, so that actually makes her far more uh, deadly against the Defense 8 of the Witch King, especially because he's only got the, the one wound as well. So that's, that's it's pretty good. It actually gives her a pretty good fighting chance to go for some heroics there. So I'm going to go through the Witch King of Angmar. Uh, so he's movement 6, fight 5 as well, so they're equal on fight. Uh, shoot value 4+, plus. strength 4. Uh, he's going to be using the two-handed flail on this. Uh, he's defense 8. He has one attack, but we are giving him the crown of Morgul. So he has three attacks in this instance. One wound, six courage. We're giving him a point of might. We're using uh, the bottom rung of his will, so we're using 10, and obviously he'll be losing a point of will for every turn we're in combat because of uh, his uh, particular rules that apply to the ordering rates. And then we're going to have one point of fate because as all characters who seem to die in the uh, Middle-earth books or gr uh, greater lore, they only have one point of fate in the game. So we're going with one point of fate. So he also has... Uh, Rook Strike and Strength, but he has uh, Resolve, Channeling, and Challenge. So um, because we're the same fight, and I am using the two-handed flail, as it should be, if we actually roll uh, an equal value for our duel roll, you are going to win the duel, so you can attempt to strike. So it's going to be a bit of a, an interesting one, this one. So, uh, you ready? Yep, good to go. Ready, Eddie. So we'll go for the first duel. So I'm rolling um, three dice. I'm not going to perform any heroic actions this turn, are you? Oh, I'm going to try and perform heroic strength to try and get out of the way early. Go for it. So what are you getting? Two dice. Double one. Good start. Uh, okay. I have rolled a one, two and a three. So I do win the dual roll. So um, I've got three attempts to wound you. So I'm uh, strength of four. Uh, normally I'd be sixes against your five, sorry, fives against your defensive five. 
down to fours with the flail. So I have got a, a double one and a two. So it appears that uh, Eowyn, much like in the movie, has ducked his first swing. So good, I good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, removing a point of will for that. So we go to round two. So yep. uh, you're going to go for strength again? Yeah, strength again. Last point of might, but I've got to try and do it. All right, right rolling my two two dice. Uh, I got four and a three. I have got a four and a three and a two. So you win on us being the same fight, but I've using the two-handed weapon without Burley. So you you can attempt to uh, strike me on that one. Yeah. So sorry, I need to roll my D three plus strength now for the heroic strike. So I roll roll a D three. I got a four, so it gives me plus two. So I'm strength five now. Excellent. Uh, so two attacks, uh, strength five. I'll be usually be hit sixes to wound you, but down to five with a plus one. And I got a reroll, so I need some fives here. Two fives. So that's. Oh, uh, are you joking me? That <laughs> actually takes me up. Much in. It um, does. Yes, it removes my point of fate, and I only have one wound. So, much like in the movies, she stabs him somewhat cackhandedly in the face, and we yep. all cheer. So uh, thank yeah. you very much for helping out with that. I didn't go quite as expected. I, I think I've just got bad luck when it comes to doing this. It, it, no matter how much the odds are stacked in my favour, I always seem to fluff it. I think um, I am somewhat the kiss of death to any model that uh, joins me for deathmatch. But that's also awesome. well, we followed the law. Yeah, so yeah. we followed the law perfectly, nice and quick. Not not, not a drawn out battle. Uh, as it really <laughs> she did what she came to do. <laughs> exactly. She's she's dead hard. She is. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for the suggestion and for coming on and uh, helping us out as a, a guest as well and uh, joining in where Stu wasn't able to so um, cheers for that no problem thank you and thank you for making it to the end of another episode um, thank you uh, Ben Taylor for coming on and having that fantastic conversation with Dan it's really good to listen back to when I uh, put this show together um, uh, sorry I couldn't make it but it was um, it was it was good to listen to it anyway and um, and great job both of you uh, on the death match um, and just to the fluff of the film which is fantastic so I won't keep everyone long I'm on my own just closing down this down the show today um, so thanks again for listening um please get in touch with us so um like our facebook page join our facebook group follow us on instagram and uh, twitter and if you want to get in touch with us via email um you can at ootfppodcast at gmail.com and also don't forget to check out our youtube channel as well so until the next time thank you very much Run!